gets there. Walks across the dead ball line. Now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes. Changes direction. This is rugby league, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans. And still on for Manley. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look who's there. Tom. I'm happy with that. Good chase there. My goodness. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW, episode five of the NRL preseason. We're less than two weeks out until round one of the season. I am your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today, first and foremost, is the Supercoach Spite. Spite, good to have you back, mate. Timmy, good to be back, mate. Good to be back. No roast for you this week, although off the top of my head, we both copped an absolute blast on Twitter, didn't we? Impersonated for the first time. Yeah. Making big, waves. Big moment. Uh, I was very proud to log on and see... I was actually fully nude dudes just <laughs> staring out at me, but I'd been impersonated nonetheless, so I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that, that bike might uh, bugger off, though, because it's a bit weird. Ripped the uh, <laughs> ripped our... Started with you, mate. You were the go-to for him. Ripped <laughs> your profile picture out, changed his yeah. name to Spy, and just started posting pictures of dongers all over the place. So, <laughs> mate, it's been an interesting couple of days for the SC Playboy team. Uh, very excited on the podcast for the first time this season. Adam Darusi, Ads, how are you, mate? I'm very well, Tim, and uh, good to be here, man. Good to have you back for 2023 ads. Mate, exciting times. I think we touched on it late on last season when you were last on the podcast, but you're now on the board of directors at the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, mate. You're an absolute diehard of the club. You must be loving that. I'll start with the big one. What's it like working with Gus Gould? Gus Gould. Uh, mate, Gus is a genius, to be honest. He's actually mm. great to work with. He, the bloke works 24-7. Yeah, and uh, he's an interesting character because obviously there's uh, a whole bunch of media that is in a different camp to Gus, where they <laughs> they kind of write a whole bunch of stories that, to be honest, a lot of them are so fictional, it's crazy. But he's actually a genius. He works twenty four seven, and we're very fortunate to have him at the Bulldogs. Actually, he's, he's a good guy. I get along with him really well. Yeah, I'd love to get to know the bloke. Such an obviously interesting character, so polarizing then around. And that's I think, mate, one thing that no one ever doubts about Gus Gould is his intelligence towards the game of football and business and all that sort of thing. So, mate, we've got to get straight to the point. You're here for Supercoach. You've got an inside of the dogs. What can you tell us, mate? There's a few cheapies cropping up. I know I've got a few in my team to start the season. Guys like Alan Motte, who's killing it. Big boy, looks perfect for Supercoach. Franklin Pele, young young Preston down there as well. Uh, what's the word on these blokes? Obviously, you had a big pre-season. Are there blokes are you all looking at starting with in round one? Well, all of those guys you mentioned, I think, are going well. So I've got I've got Alamodi on my side. I think I think it's pretty obvious he's going to get selected next week. That seems to be pretty straightforward. And he just looks like he's got a super coach friendly game. So mm. I think, and I thought he played well in the trial on the weekend. Actually, I thought obviously the team is a bit down, but I thought he played well. So Alamodi straight in. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of him without his shirt on. Both is huge weapon for a kid. Yeah, he's a he's a weapon. So we'll see how he goes on the field. But I think it'll be a super coach friendly uh, game. So he's in. Jacob Preston, uh, there's a lot of excitement around the club around how he's going. So uh, I've got him tentatively in my side at the moment. Mm. I suspect he will be named uh, on the bench next week, but we'll see. Like, I don't have any say on the side, but I'm like you guys. I, I suspect he will get picked. And I don't know if you saw the trial on the weekend, but again, in a team that got beaten, he played really well. He played 70 minutes, super coach-friendly game. I think he can score tries, bust tackles, make tackles. Mm. So unless there's other starters in second row uh, around the grounds, which we'll talk about later, there might be some other players that, because they're starting, you might go in front. I think in terms of bench players, I reckon he'll be good. Uh, Franklin Pele, I 
I mean, have you seen the bloke? The guy's enormous. Holy like he's, if he can, If he can get a regular starting game, then he's just going to be super coach friendly. The only thing I would say on him is if he does get picked in round one, um, just keep an eye on Chris Patolo because I think, I think Chris Patolo, he, I'm not sure if he's available for round one or not. He's kind of, he's got a little injury, I think, but mm. I would expect he might come into the side once he's, once he's fit. So there, there could be an issue that Pele gets named round one, everyone gets excited, yeah. and it might be that he's only there for a week. So I, look, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm not, I'm not um, privy to any info, info there from Gus or Cameron, but um, that's the one thing I would say. I know, I know Patolo's well regarded, and it's just you no, know, he didn't play last week because of because of injury. Same with TPJ. TPJ will be back in a month as well. So you just want to think about yep. what what might happen there, and I'm not sure Franklin would be in the 17 based on the trials sides that were picked. Yeah, without those guys. Yeah, uh, good insight there, mate. Jacob Preston, I'm so keen on him. I don't have his exact stats in front of me, but New South Wales Cup last year, he had something like. It was, it was about 12 or 13 games, seven tries, seven try assists as a back rower. As you said, he's an absolute worker. So he's one I'm really tempted with, but just all the case of whether the minutes are going to be there or not for him. And we'll get to the doggies on today's show. Uh, firstly, though, guys, our unlimited group code, come on and take on the SC Playbook team this season in Supercoach. The code to join our unlimited group is 845051. Big prizes up for grabs for anyone who can knock off all of our team. $500 top prize if it is a subscriber who wins the group. If it's a non-subscriber who wins the group, we'll split that 250 to the top-ranked subscriber and the top-ranked non-subscriber uh, to take out that group. Guys, also Stat HQ, the SC Playbook Data Centre, is alive and well on scplaybook.com.au. We launched that towards the back end of last season. Touched it up a little bit over the pre uh, off-season, I should say. It is looking smick. Completely free to access. We're going to continue to up- update it as we go throughout the next couple of weeks of pre-season into round one where obviously the data will turn over there. Uh, it's got things like ads as golden, player ownership stats. We've got vice-captain loophole calculators, price change calculators, break-even, strength of schedule analysis, all sorts of stuff. Uh, so jump on and take a look at that. Uh, if there is any issues with it, just flick us a message so we can update that at straight as well. Guys, if you are interested in the SEV book subscription package for the season, things like this do help us to add uh, elements like Stat HQ to the website to put back into the podcast and the website. It's $40 for the NRL package for the season, $50 for the NRL, AFL and BBL full SC playbook package. Access to our WhatsApp community. It's got threads this year with game day threads, team advice, contributor only chat. I do Q&As each and every week. All sorts of stuff there. Premium articles throughout the season. Uh, And just lastly, guys, stacks of pre-season podcasts behind us. We're on YouTube, obviously Spotify, Apple. Go back, listen to them. We're less than two weeks out from round one, so we're getting very, very excited. On today's show, dual positions were added to to NRL Supercoach this morning, so we'll talk through the major changes there. Taruva and Caelan Ponga being the two big ones in my eyes. Team structure we're going to be going through. I think team structure has changed for me in particular a lot the last week or two with a few mid-range second rowers coming into the ranks. Keep an eye on those second rowers. We're going to have a big chat about them to start the show. Uh, squad previews, the Doggies, the Eels, the Sharks, the Tigers and the Dolphins. We'll be wrapping up those today. And then a few listener questions to finish off with. Big cheapy special next week in round one once TLT drops. We wanted to do it all pre-season, but... To be honest, until round one comes, uh, I don't think there's really any point doing that too early. Let's get stuck into the dual positions for Spy and Ads. And the first one is Sunia Taruva, CT-dub fullback. <coughs> He's been given that CT-dub status. 
He's about 275k to start the season. Unfortunately for poor old Taylor May, he's done his ACL, he's out for the year. Uh, an absolute bugger for him. We wish him the best in his recovery. What this does mean for Supercoach is good things. Brian Toto, I believe, will go back to the left edge. Taruva onto the right wing. Could be the other way around. Uh, but either way, Spy, Taruva, is he coming into your side now? I think Taruva, or if one of the young fellas gets named on the right wing, doesn't matter which one it is. There they, are a they, couple of options yeah. there, but Taruva's the front runner. Yeah, but whoever gets named there, they'll be cheap. And mm. I think you have to have him. Panthers right wing. Yeah. And if anyone gets named in front of Taruva, you know they're going to be a quality player. So, yeah, they, they really have to be in your side in those centres uh, come next week, I think. Ad, Cat has been thrown amongst the pigeons. Caelan Ponga, thankfully, got his dual 5'8 status. Uh, the people over at Supercoach headquarters in uh, at News Corp there cough a bit of grief, but they said they were going to do some dual position updates, and they did. KP's got his dual, so everyone just chill out. <laughs> How keen are you on KP at 5'8 now? Oh, mate, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm like everyone. Like, I'm tossing up between a couple of options there and I, suddenly now he's a real option. So I think I'd be tossing up between uh, him, Birdo and Dewey. Mm. And it probably just comes down to if I can save money by bringing him in and kind of strengthen my side somewhere else and, he, and he, he's a POD, then I'd get pretty interested. If he's goal-kicking, he'd be straight in. But then I suspect everyone would be the same. So I reckon at that price, I'm probably going to bring him in. Yeah, it's just it, so hard to know at five eight and in that side. But is that in front of someone like Dewey or both? Uh, in front of, I'm only going to pick one. I know we're going to get to team structures later. I'm mm. going to pick one, one starting five eight, and I think I'll then go with Schuster on the bench and and strengthen up my second row. I reckon you're all mad to go Ponger over Dewey, but that's just me. But what's the price difference? Like a hundred and KP's five thirty, Dewey's about six thirty, so about a hundred k. Mad. Yeah, I'm, I might still stick with Dewey because Dewey's goal kicking. Like that's, it just depends on what I can do with the rest of the team. Yeah. But at least it creates a bit more interest, right? Like I think now there's three really genuine options there at five eight, mm. whereas maybe we had two uh, before today. Yeah, I think options are definitely good, mate. Um, I actually had a look at the numbers, like of the ownership numbers across the board. Everyone's pretty low, which suggests to me there's a lot of variety this year, and it is brilliant. <laughs> like. Basically, anyone in your side is half a pod to start the year, which is brilliant. Do they and add up to 100%, mate? You, don't get me started on ownership oh. numbers on that website. <laughs> Haven't crunched all the numbers, <laughs> they might mate. Up to 100. I'll leave that to you. Stat HQ for, mate. And, and that's the thing with, I think, Spite, because Nico Hines is so expensive and he's sort of, um, you know, been one of the more decisive ones for owners. Harry Grant, he's over 800k as well. You know, a few... Decent amount only him, but not a lot. So anyone sort of steering away from these guys, it just completely changes your, the complexion of your squad. We'll get to the rest of the five, eight shortly. Uh, sorry, back rowers and all of that, because I'm going cold on Matty Burton as well. I don't like to read too, too much into the trials, but I'm just... That gut feel I had about Birdo, I think he'll be awesome this season and I can see myself buying, but just to start the year, I think it's going to take time for that edge and the entire team to come together. Jake Avrilo, speaking of the doggies, has been given dual status. He's available at CT Dub now. Hayes Perham at fullback. Timare Martin at the Warriors has been given 5'8 status as well. Pole at the Tigers has been given second row status. Tavita Pangai Jr. has been given front row That'll be interesting later down the season because he's a front rower with a high ceiling. Even, you know, with not the greatest minutes, he's obviously out for the first month. Mitch Barnett, front row's forward status as well. An interesting one is at Manly, Spy. Jake Trebojevic, 
who I'm so keen to see in round one. I can't see myself starting with him, but priced on a 50-point average has been given front row forward status. Now, you wouldn't go near him in the back row, but at front row, which isn't a great position, this season, it looks as though, you know, when he was playing Des Ball, he was that really a ball-playing lock, wasn't he? He was the link man. He might play more of an origin role now where he just tucks the ball under the wing and racks up those massive base stats. The front row stats makes him relevant. Well, I think with Turbo, uh, Gerbo, sorry, young Jakey, is if he's running 12 to 15 times a game, we know he's going to make 40-odd tackles at least. All of a sudden, that's a few points, isn't it? Like, you've watched him before under Deswell, as you said. He passed all the time. He didn't run the footy much. He didn't need to. He wasn't asked to. If he's hitting the ball up a lot at that price, mm. he could be someone just to plug in. Also, after that buy, they play a round two buy. If he punches out a big round one, they can have another look in round three or, or go in round three potentially. Or it might work out he, he sort of runs eight or nine times. It's not too crazy. Um, and he might not be worth it, but he's a good, good one to watch, no doubt. That's the beauty of it. And another one there is Sean Kepi, who's been given second row forward status. Again, probably a cheapie we'd prefer in the front row, but... Uh, the dual front row, second row. We don't need to go on about how important that is to super coaches. Just on Kepi, on the weekend, his running game was so damaging. Mm. I watched, I didn't see all the trials, but I saw a fair bit of the, of the Manly match Friday night. He was brushing bikes off and he offloaded at least once, maybe looked to do it twice. He could be really handy. Uh, Very all, all about the minutes. If he gets minutes, k, yeah, he could be outstanding. So I've got him penciled in at the moment, uh, pending our team list drop next week. Yeah, and as you said, the, the beauty of it is with Manly having that round two buy, we can potentially have a look at these guys yeah. and jump on round four before that first Manly Seagulls price rise. Adds the last one that came in. Not, not probably super relevant, but it's Joe Tapney getting second row forward status because he played a bit of, bit of lock in the trials, which... I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. I think they get muddled up a little bit with their back row, front row status when blokes go from lock to front row and vice versa. Uh, Drake Chaboyevic, for, for example, you know, he's literally playing as a prop this season, so that's yeah. fine. Joe Tapney going to lock. I mean, <laughs> I, I can understand why it's hard to plug them down because technically second row forward is lock. You're a back rower. But Joe Tapney's game won't change. He's playing as a front rower, so... I think, again, if you're buying him, you're buying him because he was probably the best player in the front row. But, again, the dual status doesn't hurt at all, does it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you'd bring him in at second row, but I think at prop, like I know your um, spy loves him, so mm. it just it's an extra attraction, right? Like mm. suddenly you've got a dual it's position a bonus. gun at front row yeah. who during bye weeks or whatever you might want to do, he's got that flexibility. So I think it adds to his um, attraction for sure. I feel like, and I might be wrong in saying this, but we've spoken in the past, I reckon you take a, a similar approach to me with your front rows and try not to spend up there early. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's just so hard to know this year what to do with... I think we've kind of got a similar mm. idea there with Cotter, but, yeah, I'm not super excited by um, high-ceiling front rows. This, but like, but Tapana is the... <coughs> Is the exception. He's the one that you, I think it's you a slightly new world this year. Nothing yeah. drastic, or the fundamentals stay the same. But in terms of super coach, I do look at my side with Tarpy now and go, oh, doesn't feel right. But then you look what he did, especially the back end of last year, and he could just be so, so damaging up front. So it's something <coughs> like, might have spoken about it before, but you need to evolve at times and you can't just stick with the same mm. thing every year, year on, year out. Maybe I've got it wrong by doing this, but I mean, what trades are for and I think the worst case on Tarpany is still pretty decent isn't it Mate, the, the one that no one seems to be talking about like at that position is like Big Tino I think he's available at front row isn't he hold that thought yeah I just, I just look at Tino I think <laughs> is he a pod that you could start with that is just we all look at and go why didn't we go Tino the guy is a 
points machine when he's on. He's another year older. He's just a gun. I don't know how they use him in the Titans this year, but... Well, yeah. they're so light on for middles. Like, there's been chat around of him going 70 to 80 minutes. Now, I don't think that will happen, but even at 65 minutes... You know, he's got every facet of his game is tailored towards super great scoring with offload, tackle busting, big work rate. He went nuts in the back end of last season because they were light on numbers and he just got the minutes and killed it. He's the captain of the club, as you said, he's in his prime. You know what? His minutes, they weren't even massive every game late yeah. last year. He mm. just scored. I think he had one game he played about 45 minutes, scored about 120. Don't quote me exactly, but it was huge. I think he got a double, didn't he? He scored a he double. He might have. Um, but I'll break it now. Breaking news. I've got a decision to make out of AJ Brimson or Tino Fasulmala Awi. Good pronunciation there, Spike. Yeah, how was that? Didn't you, mate? A little bit of practice. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking I might start with Tino, and I'll tell you why. When, when I thought we, it was going to be my pod. Now you're still on it. We can share it, mate. It's okay, go on. Are you reading my notes? No, I'm not. No. Um, but let's get to the back rows, and I'll explain why I want to do that. Okay. We'll move on to team structure. And now, why I want to talk about team structure is because. Often I go through and I tinker with my team and I'm trying to think of a topic to start the show each week. And we'll go through numerous topics as the season goes along. Uh, but I've been trying to add one on top of the squad previews each week. And things that I'm seeing in changes in my squad, I'm like, well, it's probably relevant to a lot of people. And I speak to you guys about it and whoever's on the show and, and we get an idea of things. And this week it was team structure because the first one being Taruva coming into the fray out of nowhere uh, as now that he's got his jaw that Taylor May's gone and plugging him in so it could be a case of dropping Daniel Tupu from my side and freeing up what 350k and running with another cheapy CT dub the other one is boys and it's Matty Burton who I'm going cold on as I said I think he'll be a buy at some stage but I think he had 10 scores under 40 or 50 it might have been I think it was 10 scores under 40 last season the doggies were pretty underwhelming in that second trial game and I just, I'm just not quite convinced on him. You bring, what that does is now allow Josh Schuster to come back down into the 5'8 position as the reserve 5'8 to, I'm currently running, running Adam Dewey. Second row forward is just stacked with mid-rangers and I think this could be the golden position to target. We'll go through most of them very shortly, but Wilton, Neocora, Gilbert, Horsburgh, Garner, Hosking, Tuolangi, they're stacked. They've all come into the fray in the last week or two. Spy, talk to me about how your team structure is lining up at the moment because I'm thinking of going heavy on mid-range back rowers, slightly lighter at 5'8", and it's just going to free up funds elsewhere on my side. Yeah, nice, mate. So we're a bit opposite here. Maybe not end game opposite, but to start the season, ideally I, I want zero or one of these mid-rangers. My logic basically is this. A lot of people are going to plug in three of them and look, to be honest, you might nail one or two, maybe all three. If you do, you're laughing. I'm going a slightly different theory. <clears throat> I want to start with at least two gun back rowers. That's how I always had it until we got the Crichton news that he might not be starting the season. I went away from that, but I've come back to it because I just want to start with two guns, bank those points. You hope you bank those points with two elite guys, then add Hopgood and, to be honest, one of the mid-rangers in. What that then allows me to do... Uh, when I want to get Hines, uh, Harry Grant, if he starts well, these sorts of boys, I can pick my two worst performing back rowers and Tino now. Sorry, Tino's one of them. Tarpany, they can swap between them, so there's flexibility there. That's added depth as well in the front row if something happens there. But basically, if one or two of them aren't performing, I go straight down in round three and four pending buys to whoever is the pick of those mid-range back rowers because we'll go through the back rowers in a minute 
sort of our top fives, but there's risks on all of them, I think. Everyone's got a question mark to some degree, and I'd hate to start with three of them. They all start plugging you out 40s, and you've got to use three trades to put out those fires. I'm just not going to deal with it. I'm going to let, let the dust settle and then swoop as soon as prices are ready to go. That's what I'm sort of thinking. And that's why Tino's in, because I think he's a weapon and he's got upside as well, I think. He might be an absolute keeper, and if he's not, he can plug those 70s for me early before dropping down to the appropriate target. Speaking of putting out fires, Spire, and you can put out a few with your pitch at the moment, mate. She's a bit hot in here. It's absolutely steaming. <laughs> Wetter than a swimming pool under there, mate. <laughs> um, no, it's a fair tactic. And it's one thing that I like to be going into round one with certainty around my players. And, you know, when there's, when there's a bit of uncertainty, there's, you know, there's red flags and whatnot. And there is red flags around all these players. But the thing I love about edge back rollers, which most of these guys are, is that there is attacking upside. It's not a front row forward plotter at 430k where they'll get their work, they'll play the 50 minutes, they might get 40 points, they might get 50. They're probably not going to get many more. But some of these guys, they cross for a couple of tries here and there, and all of a sudden your 50s in base can become 80 to 90 or 100. Um, let's go through a few of them. And the first one is Teague Wilton and Ads. We haven't had you on uh, this season at all, and Spy and I have spoken a bit in depth about a few of them. So Teague Wilton at 493k. Reservations around him are that Wade Graham on the bench, does he get his 80 minutes? Yeah. Uh, is he a bloke you're interested in to start the season? Because as far as I'm concerned, if he gets 80, I'm all over him. But if he stays at his 60 from last year, he's about a 50-point average and it won't be enough. I mean, that's the, that's the big question, isn't it? How many minutes does he get? I mean, I saw him in the trial on Sunday and he was pretty damn good. I think he scored two tries and he just looked good. Like, he just, he just hits that line on the left and you just, he's just got such a super coach friendly game. So if you knew he was going to play 80, he'd be straight in. Even at 60, like, at the moment, he's in my, he's in my side after Sunday. But um, we'll have to see. There's a couple of good other good options coming out. But, yeah. I think with Teague... He's got that upside in that he could score a double once or twice early in the season, which would be an absolute flyer for you. Yeah. Sharkies um, look good in the trial. Plan. Well, they're, they're settled combination-wise, yeah. unlike some other they're sides. They're a top-four side, mate. Like yeah. the, the, that's <coughs> the reality, like the trial. The, the trial on Sunday, you, you just got to remember, they were a top-four side and they looked slick and he, he was part of that looking slick. Mm. And I, I, I wouldn't want to be benching him too much based on yeah. the way he played. Like, why wouldn't you want him out there as much as possible? Yeah, and you think you probably will. Um with each one we name here, I'll name my question mark on him, which is why I'm a little bit tentative on some. And it's just that, that minutes. If he plays yeah. 60, he's, he's going to be a bit of a wasted trade potentially. Yeah. Uh, if he plays 65, he still might be okay. I think you need 70 plus to be someone who you're confidently locked down, which you could easily get. Don't get me wrong. I think you probably will. Yeah. Gonna, gonna pick it. And he might be the one bloke. I've got one option open there in the back row. Uh, maybe he goes in, but... There's a question mark. But on you're him. right. It's a risk. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a lock. Must trade. Like yeah. you're looking and go. It could be upside, but but you could you could make that decision after two weeks and like your strategy. Yep. Or you do the reverse and you start him, him for two weeks yeah. and then you can get rid of him if you need to. The only thing with the reverse strategy to me is they're worth four fifty odd. Where do you go from there? Yeah. If you start with top price, you can go I'll, anywhere. I'll tell you, you this one, yeah. Spy, and it's all fair, all fair play. But you talk about where do you go? I'm about to rattle off. 12 back rowers with genuine like credentials for round one who could make a lot of money and be solid plugs at a good price that can free up cash to spend elsewhere in your team. You go to one of the other 12 who are You're right. Fired. All 12 aren't going to fail, are no. they? So there's going to be an option there, which, yeah, look, 
Makes sense, doesn't it? And if you can get them right based on a few uh, informed and educated decisions, well, you save that all-important trade. No, it's a fair point, T. Williams, fair point. All right, Spy, what's your, what's your red flag with Murata Niakore? 419k. <coughs> I think he only averaged about 40 minutes last season. I suspect he will play between an edge and middle this season with more time on the edge. He may end up just being an edge player, but there's a bit of chat that Mitchie Barnett might go to an edge for a while. I don't really understand that, but that's that's the chat out of Warrior Land. Uh, Nick Corey, 419k, looks pretty hard to fault for me. Oh, mate, I've, he could be the pick of him, to be honest. He's mm. a gun footballer. They'd be silly not to use him as much as possible. His points per minute in his career have been outstanding. Uh the flag on him is simply roll. He's in a new club. Uh, what do they do with him? If he comes out and plays 40 or 50, you've got the shits and, yeah, what a waste. But you're right, he's got... I think he could potentially be the pick of him moving forward just with his work rate and a bit of attacking upside uh, and just being such a gun footballer. Mm. But new club, we just don't know his role. Simple as that. Adds a lot of talk around Luke Garner. And I've got a slash Hosking on this one because... I think Luke Garner starts for the Panthers in round one this season on the left edge in Viliami Kikau's place, or there's a bit of chat again that Martin goes left edge. In there somewhere. It won't matter too, too much. I'd prefer him on the left edge, though. Um, is he in your team at the moment? Because another one that I, I struggle to fault, but at the same time, I suppose if, if he does get benched for Hosking or Sorensen or something, maybe he's a 60-minute man. He is at the moment, um, but obviously that was before some of these other options started emerging. Yeah. I guess the only concern with him is we all talk about the Panthers' left edge being a gun left edge, so many points, but that's been with Viliami Kikau inside. Like he's been yeah. a massive part of that left edge, and like you're taking out probably the most devastating yeah. second row in the comp out of the left edge. And we don't know whether that left edge is the same with Luke Garner in there. Saying, and I know it's still playing outside Luai and all that sort of stuff, but he, he's on my side at the moment. But I, I'm going to keep an eye on all these <laughs> other second rows emerging and see whether like he could be a good antipod. Just to do something a little bit different. Like yeah. If everyone's on him, then I'd, I'm not sure he's that <coughs> guaranteed. But I just wonder with those Penrith blokes as well, now that Hosking's well in that frame, yeah. do they share minutes more than what they expected? Potentially. Again, there's so many flags it's around risk, this. Right? But yeah. with Penrith, I think the easy one here is if you're in doubt, they've got a round three buy. They're a bit like Manly. You can wait. Yeah, you're the extra Just week. see what two. happens in two weeks and then you can make a call pretty definitively of who you're going to. The other thing with him, though, is he averaged around 60 points with the Tigers in around that 70-odd minute, he can still score, like worst-case scenario, not worst-case, but hopefully worst-case scenario, if he does play 60 and gets spelled for 20, 25 minutes, he's still scored really well in the past at the Tigers. He's a great try scorer. He is. Yes. He's a good footballer, actually. He's a really great like footballer. Yeah. So at that price, I think he's really tempting. Adds Tommy Gilbert, 494k, pretty, pretty, pretty popular this uh, pre-season. I do not like him one bit from a supercoach standpoint. Averaged 58 minutes per game last season in a far superior team. Only averaged 47 points. Now, I think the hype around him is that he spent time on the edge at the Cowboys. He moves to a middle this season, might get through more work. But in the Dolphins side, I don't see any uh, a lot of opportunity for attacking points. I don't think he would have them in any side playing in the middle. I struggle to see the hype. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I think he's a good player, but I'm, I'm just the Dolphins just puts me off. Mm. Like I, I look and think he'll be battling. Uh, again, if we get it wrong, you can bring him in down the track, but he won't be my starting side. I just, why would I spend 500k on a Dolphins back row when you've got some of those other options? I just think there's not enough upside there for me. 
It looks at this stage as though the Storm edges might be Elias at Katoa at 411k and Trent Loyero at 365k. Now, these two intrigue me because <clears throat> this is going on what I've seen early and, and a bit of gut feel, a bit of talk around the club that Loyero's probably more locked into being an 80-minute man on the edge for them, a lot of hype around him. Katoa looks fit as a fiddle, uh, did in the preseason games, scored a try there on the weekend. Loyero's a bit cheaper. Katoa's obviously got the upside there for them, doesn't he? He's a try, he's a try scorer he's, out of the two. Yeah. Um, Liero maybe as well, but I've, I remember owning uh, Elias Katoa at the Warriors on, in his rookie year, and he was probably a lot bigger than as well. He's probably trimmed he up. He looks good. And he was very exciting. It was only injuries that sort of hurt him a bit that year, but he's a try scorer, runs a good line, a pretty good side there. So he's actually the one I've got penciled in right now, mm. uh, pending team list. I'd love some confirmation around the new recruits at Melbourne, uh, Tarek Sims, to see what they're going to do. But I think... Well, I can, yeah. He's got a calf injury, I believe. Should be good to go for round one, if not round two or three. So that throws more uncertainty yeah. into the mix. Another flag. There, <laughs> there's so many... The flag's getting around everywhere at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I suppose... Just around, oh, I'm tempted to start with either of them. I wouldn't have a clue which one. Gutfield probably says you go the attacking upside of Katoa. Yeah. But, man, they've got a lot of, uh, lot of options there. The last few I'll rattle through quite quickly, and you can give us a, a quick up if you like any of them. I'm not too big on any of them at this stage, but Kelmer Tua-Lungi, Egan Butcher, Raymond Fatala mariner Jack Murchie, Cohen Hess all around that four to four fifty k mark. Uh, Butchers at four eighty two. Spy anyone there for you that, that's caught your eye? Worth noting, Tua Lungi when he started at the Tigers was so good. He used to score a try off the bench seemingly every bloody week. Started last year, he came out and he was ordinary. To be mm. honest, I don't know if it's because he'd signed with Manly, <laughs> something went wrong. Then the back end of last year, he showed some signs again. But on the weekend, he was incredible, like a clone of uh, Olakuatu yep. on the left edge. Uh, again, it's that flag. Is he going to keep doing that? But, I mean, the fact you've seen it this year in a trial, I don't mind him. He's a good try scorer. He'll be playing outside of Schuster, who'll probably hit mm. out the back a bit, to be fair. But, um, again, he's someone that could really come to contention. Maybe a little bit risky starting with him, but huge watch list. And Egan Butcher, he racked up about nearly 50 tackles on the weekend. He's a beast. He's such a good player. Um, the only reason he's probably not in for me at the moment over Katoa is he's about 70k more and I can't quite get the money uh, but I'll tell you what Egan could be very special um, he's the one I'm looking at in that list yeah. so I can, I the others for me I'll, I'll keep a watch on but Egan Butcher I thought you were interested in Egan Butcher I thought I heard you on the potty say you were yeah I am I am as I said there's so many mid-range back rolls that have emerged and I just want to see his minutes yeah. because you know, uh, we don't know any time frame for Angus Crichton for starters. Obviously, that's not going to impact him early on. But Josh Wong, he was good in the trials. Big raps on him. He's killed it in lower grades. I wonder, is he going to come on and take some minutes off him? The reason I sort of have the concern is that if they do want to get Josh Wong on there, a bit of a chain of events here, but because Connor Watson got injured, he was going to deputise for Brandon Smith at hooker and they'd pretty well be a straight switch. But now that uh, Watson's gone long-term, Jake Turpin's on the bench. He'll shift to hooker, play some time there. Cheese spends time at lock when Victor Radley's off. So I just think middles, I don't know if there's time for Butcher to sort of shift in and spend much time in the middle. Maybe there is, but... We just don't know. Yeah, That's the thing, flags isn't it? Flags, flags, flags. I, I reckon with this, but there's enough options there. Like, just listen to you there. There's enough options. You'd probably rather go a player where you don't think, oh, maybe one week later, Angus Crichton comes mm. in and he's out of the side. 
at least with like a Teague Wilton. Your concern is, is he going to play 80 or 60? You're not concerned about whether yeah, he's going to be... you know he's starting. Jobs yeah. Yeah. So he, can him, he, he might have a great round one and just not be there in round two. Yeah. That's the issue with those. So I guess the big question players. is, I'll, I'll throw it at you now, mm. is there merit? I mean, there's merit in all options, I believe, mm. but is there merit in just starting with an absolute gun and dropping them back to who you like? Obviously, that probably also depends on who that extra money gives you in your side. Yeah. So if it's a nice upgrade elsewhere, yeah. it's probably worth it. If it's not a huge upgrade... And maybe it is worth Yeah, starting. I like your strategy because yeah. it sounds like you're going to start a couple of gun second rowers and then you'll switch back to one of these, whoever makes sense, and then you're going to start with Sammy Walker and potentially start beefing upgrade up. him to yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because you're going to need a lot of money to upgrade mm. there. Yep, you and can't that's, upgrade that's how I do it. You need a plan to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah interesting. I'll, I'll, to be honest, I've got to spend more time on my side. I'm, yeah. I mean, you know, it's only that, a, in fairness. It's I've just been busy at the Super Bowl and Phoenix Open Golf, so if you're wondering why we haven't had a time down... You poor bugger. Yeah, yeah tough, tough, tough. Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of blokes who haven't looked at their Supercoach side, I forgot to introduce <laughs> at the start of the show, I'm still getting used to this studio life, very different to recording from your bedroom. So, uh, Maddie the Waterboy. Maddie, have you opened your team up yet? How are you? You know what, Timmy? It's actually really good timing. I actually registered my account this morning <laughs> so I've, I've, i'm Huge. officially in business i haven't got a team name or anything yet but i'm <laughs> or a team <laughs> I've, no i haven't got any players yet but i'm, I'm listening with a, with a with a fine ear and yeah. i'll uh, i'm sure maybe by next tuesday i'll have maybe a fullback you've got real guru vibes to you matty you sit there and you know play the innocent card oh, i'm new <laughs> to this game yada, yada. you've got excuses if you go poorly but you've just been soaking in all pre-season you have a gun team round one and you're like oh this is easy man i've been sitting here you've been seeing me on my laptop i haven't been doing work i've been just taking notes <laughs> taking notes i'm going to use it all against you jotting notes yeah mate your bunnies uh two weeks ago they were going to win the comp then they had a few injuries to their middles and we put a line through them i think you said they probably won't win a comp for another three to five years uh, i bit, don't remember saying that one charity share win on the weekend you must be yeah, the ears pretty i mean you beat the dragon so take that as you yeah will. beating the um premiership favorites the dragons which is <laughs> yeah. which was nice good to get a Good to get a big win there. But, um, St. George, not St. Helens. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> getting mixed up. Um, yeah, I guess my eye on the weekend was the middles because that's where the injuries have been. And it was. I kind of found it, found it strange, or not strange, found it interesting that um, David Moali, I know the numbers didn't really matter, mm. but on the like when you're looking at it, when Shaq Mitchell seemed to get the jump over Moali, when you just look at the, look at the team list now, they played similar minutes. They did similar things. So I don't really know if that's anything to look into. But um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping Davian Wiley gets a gets a big crack this year. And and he played well on the weekend. So fingers crossed. What did you make of Isaac Thompson? Yeah, he he didn't do a lot. But I mean, fuck, South played. South just destroyed Dragons through the middle. Mm. We didn't. We didn't even. The wingers were getting cold out there. The ball didn't even get out there. So, yeah, he didn't he didn't really get a chance to do much. So I'm not looking into that. I think he'll definitely be there round one because Tane's still suspended. So um, we're up against Cronulla, obviously premiership heavyweight. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he goes against that. Against Tough them. start to the season. Guys, Patty and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. The boys have mentioned to me they're getting a lot of you guys contacted them recently about debt consolidation. You've got a few different credit cards or loans with multiple repayments. They can merge them all into one. 
magic. With a single repayment at a much lower rate, meaning essentially less stress, more money in the pocket. Uh, it really is a great option for a lot of people with their debts getting out of hand. I know it can also probably be a bit of a sensitive topic for some people and a bit of a sensitive issue, but rest assured, you're not alone. There are many people in the same boat. So Patty and George, they're here to help. They can help with these sorts of things. Uh, better yet, mention you're an SC Playbook listener and they'll give you a free plan on how to get your debts in order. That's a $129 saving when you mention SC Playbook. Boys, let's get stuck into our squad breakdowns. We've got five to get through. We've already had a lot on the show so far, so we probably won't spend as much time on them as we have in previous episodes. But we'll start with Ads, your doggies. They're draw to start the season. Seagulls away, Storm away, very tough. Into the Tigers at home, Warriors away, Cowboys at home. First five rounds, strength of schedule rating, my rating based on uh, not a hell of a lot, to be honest. One being the toughest, <coughs> ten being the easiest. No, I have. I've taken in a few different considerations, and I've got it as a four out of ten against the first two rounds, particularly tough. Um, I'll start with you on the doggies, and, and we'll essentially break into back line, uh, backs and forwards. The one on everyone's lips is Hayes Perham, who... Mate, I saw him in the trials and played the All-Stars game, played the doggy second trial. I, I still don't know what to make of him. I, I suspect everyone's in the same boat, right? Mm. Like, he's only played one trial game for the dogs. Um, at the start of the pre-season, I don't think anyone would have thought Hayes Perrin was going to be the fullback, but I know he's, he's been great at training and obviously that's why he's there. Uh, I, I would just say, like everyone else, like... You've got a free look at him for a couple of weeks, and if he's killing it, you can bring him in. Yeah. But I'm not going to be starting with him. I just think there's a lot of other lot of other options there that look a bit more... got a bit more information at this point to know what to do. But um, yeah, obviously, as a Dogs fan and a board member, I hope he kills it and, he, yeah. and he's scoring doubles for the first couple of weeks, but uh, we'll, we'll watch. The other thing is with Hayes, he's a little bit more expensive than a bunch of those guys. Yeah. Uh, he's like 370-odd as opposed to maybe a 300 type. That's a fair bit of money that can go on your opening side, so I think that's probably pretty relevant. Yeah. Just like you're quiet. bringing a Taruva in front of him without the, the wheat, right? Like yeah. cheaper and at the edge yeah. of the pen. Back like 100K right. and yeah. Yeah, you'd have to. Just Over quietly on the doggies. Yeah, Not to make you nervous, but <laughs> tough opening, especially if like Warriors and Tigers start the year defensively okay. That becomes a tough opening five weeks, so... Yeah, yeah no pressure, mate. Four hope hope they start well. a little bit... I reckon that's a bit harsh. Or it's four a three. Ten. bit harsh? First five rounds? Yeah. Well, there's three, three bottom eight teams there from last year. The Seagulls at Brookie, round one, Tommy Turbo there. I just think that's a different kettle of fish. Pre-season challenge winners. I don't think anyone gave a rat about it, but yeah. they we are. We lost that game 13-12 last year, and we should have won it. Yeah. And we're a better team than last year. We'll, we'll yeah. see. I, I, I think we can win that game. Yeah. And then and the, I think the other factor was just the Warriors being in New Zealand as well. If it was in uh, in Sydney, that'd be different. But yeah, we saved our our worst performance of the year last year for the Warriors in New Zealand. We were we got flogged over there. Yeah. So I'm going to that game. I hope it's better than last year. Should be good. Oh, then he got yeah. top four Tigers in round four or something. So mate, yeah, start well. well that's all. Storm in round two. Storm in round two is obviously the yeah. brutal one. But and then in my, so I've done that around the first five rounds. Uh, Cowboys round five as well. Some tough games. Yeah, it's not, look, it's not an easy start, but I don't think there's any easy games in the NRL this year, is there? Like, I, I, we don't really know yet what, what a tough draw is, but it's, it's not an easy first five rounds. Especially early on, mate. I, I yeah. think that's the thing. I, 
there will be because there'll be teams who are battling and then they get injuries and suspensions and it all builds on top of each other and that's when you get blowouts but early in the season we don't so I think we need to take these early season draws with a grain of salt a little Mate, bit last year in round one I think the Knights touched up the Roosters remember mm. by round 10 or 20 you, you just laugh at that result yeah. so you just it is a bit you never quite know yeah, do you, you don't start really season. know what's going to happen early on but it is fun to stir you up a little bit though yeah no you can yeah. stir that's I, I, yeah, we'll <laughs> Well, um, everyone's been talking about the dogs, I think, a little bit too much. Like, I think, I think we're going to have a better year than last year. I think it's really exciting. There's a lot of good things happening. But I would just temper expectations. So if we, if we can make the eight, I think that would be a fantastic year, mm. to be honest. Just real quickly and, on that, yeah. not necessarily super coach wides, but yeah. I think to make the eight this year, there's going to be some really good sides that miss out. I think it's yeah. quite tricky to do it, just looking at the balance of sides. Definitely. So sides that you might finish, the dogs might finish 10th and have a really good season yeah. uh, and be building nicely. I think it could be tough to make that eight. But if you look at last year, um, without boring you, if you look at last year, the difference between 8th and, say, 10th was actually not just two positions. Like that. It was a lot of wins. Mm. Like there was a really big difference between the top nine teams and the rest. So the Broncos were close. Obviously Raiders and Broncos were about... Yeah. But the rest were a long way away. Yeah. And the Dragons were up there, but... Yeah, it's a drag. <laughs> Does that even count? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but, but so there was, there was a huge gap. So those teams at the bottom, even though I think a lot of them are going to improve, they have to improve a lot. And they have to, you have to find someone who's going to go worse. And I, there's no obvious team to me that you say, yeah, they're going to. That's the big one. Drop who out. drops out? Yeah. Like, I'm sure someone will, but who will it be? And yeah, yeah like Penrith, Penrith are obviously weaker than last year, but they're not going to miss the eight. That's so it. it's, it, it's going to be tough for anyone to kind of find their way to the mm. eight. And I, I think it's going to be pretty tight around that bottom end of the eight. Big so last yeah, realistically, rounds. I don't think I don't. It's no, it's no gimme at all to make the eight. I think it's a lot of hard work, and you know we're, we're playing the long game with the dogs around getting the right team for the long it's term. It's not a one-year really plan, is it? That. It's not at all, mate. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of young kids coming <coughs> to clubs. A lot of good things happening. I but mean, it's not about just trying to optimise for 2023 and then worrying next year about 2024. It's a lot of and, and what better example of that was the fact that you said. No to Mitch Moses, you know, you have, by all reports and certainly not coming from yourself, uh, the dogs had a genuine crack at them and they said, no, we're building for the future, not necessarily 2023. Uh, and you went with a young fella who, on all reports, is an absolute star. Who, what's his name? Carl Oluwapu. Exciting. It's exciting. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how he goes. He's a young kid. He's 18 years old. He's, you know, he's only been at the club a few weeks in training, I know he's, he's smashing blokes at training, apparently, which is great. Oh, Tigers, but, Bulldogs, uh, 2025 grand final. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, I'm not sure about the it's Tigers. Massive. <laughs> 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 uh, 2024 is our year because it's always every, every year that ends in a four, we make the grand final. There so, you go. Yeah, watch out for next year. Uh, to be honest, the rest of those doggies players were cheapies we've spoken about. We spoke about <coughs> Matty Burton and a bunch of others. So we'll move on. Got to quickly mention Reed Money. Absolutely, you better let me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably the least intimidating threat I've ever been given in my entire life. <laughs> what do you got for us, mate? Uh, he averaged 68 in the, as it was the COVID year, but he was a hooker as well. Mm. So that obviously benefited outside backs a lot more. Um, just, and we can probably check with you now, but I feel like he's going to play a bigger role than he did at Parramatta. It looks that way. Uh, yeah. And he's actually How really good. He good. Uh, I've yeah. seen him do it a little bit for Parramatta at times. His running game's good. He can offload. Yeah. Uh, he can kick 40-20s. He could be awesome. I think he might have a bit more of a licence to attack than <coughs> last mm. year as well. Like he, he seemed to be held back a bit at the Eels, mm. but that's not from talking to him, by the way. That's just... Mm. As a fan, so... I yeah, think he could be someone you maybe to start with or just keep a really close eye on around that hooker position. Yeah. Could be good. I'm probably with you, mate. I think you last <coughs> week you said just keep it simple. 
Like Harry Grant's the best hooker at Supercoach. Mm. I'm going Harry Grant. Yeah. I know you're tossing up all sorts of names, but um, I'm just going to go with Harry and Brandon Smith because it just seems so obvious. Yeah. And sometimes the obvious thing is... You know, De- Desi's Latin phrase, I haven't learned it yet, but that play again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on to the <coughs> Parramatta Eels, and they start the season with the Storm at home, Sharks at home, Seagulls away, Panthers at home, Roosters away. Dear Lord. That's brutal. One oh, out oh. of ten, toughest opening in the competition. Uh, what a what a really difficult start for them. So uh, I suppose the big chat spy is around the edge back rollers. Your boy, Sean Lane, you put the mocker on him. He's gone yep. uh, for an extended period with, uh, I believe, it was a broken jaw, was it? And yeah. then so Matt Doherty in a bit of doubt for round one, but he's about 240K. Looks a great cheapy option. Jack Murchie's about 430 <coughs> Uh, big watch on the back row, Jermaine Hopgood. If he's not in your team for round one, sort your shit because he like he's a bloke we could be saying a couple rounds in. Just captain him. He, he looks that good. Yeah, he's he's a weapon. Um, anyone in that forward pack spy that that does interest you again? But we've spoken about the back rowers. Matt Dory, if his name round one, he's going to be pretty enticing. I don't. There's too much to go to go into with that one, uh, and then. Backline, I find it hard to go around any backline players because of that draw to start the season. Now, I know it's not the be-all and end-all, but Gutherson, there's still uncertainties around who's going to get the centre and wing roles. There's uncertainty around Wunga Blake's injury, Bailey Simonson, Sean Russell's tip to get one spot. It might be Hayes Dunster, Zach Sini, the former Tigers, come from the clouds to... He couldn't have a centre spot. So, like... Only one I'd take would be Hayes Dunster. He's his mm-hmm. basement price after his injury. Um, if he ends up on, would it be the right wing? You don't have to play him early. You just plug him in. Hope he holds that spot. I think he's a pretty good player. Before he got hurt, he was starting to play some pretty good footy. Uh, and if if he does get given the round one spot after basically not playing last year, that's obviously very positive signs. So I'd love to have him on my bench if known. But let's see how. That's really a round one discussion for next week. I think once we know teams. So spy from about. First thing to note with Para is that they they play all three of the major buy rounds, so they're going to be extremely relevant over that period. Uh, the second thing is that their draw does open up big time from about round six. So guys like Brown and Mitch Moses, they're a huge watch for me from Target. there. Yeah, absolutely. I looked at Mitch to potentially start with him because I think he's in for a massive year, um, and that draw scared me immediately off, but... Yeah, if you could plug him in for sort of around six or seven over that origin period, then he'd probably end up playing. But if he doesn't, he could be absolute magic, him and Brownie and the halves, just to take you through that tricky period of the year. Mm. Could be good. Uh, Ads, anyone you want to touch on at Parramatta? No, I think you've touched on it. I think um, Hopgood's the obvious one. I mean, he's a must, but I don't think any of the others really appeal at the moment, pending, mm. pending the naming of the side. I feel like Hopgood's the only, unless I'm forgetting someone obvious here, must have people say is he a must have Hopgood's probably the only one in the whole comp that's an you actually have to have him you just have yeah. to well, you're not really playing if you don't like you <coughs> no playing the wrong game I think it was in the all-stars game he had uh, granted this was a little bit skewed by NRL stats which give a few more tackles but he had something like seven 65 70 in base plus offloads and tackle bus and it was in the all-stars game. attack he's so good uh, the West Tigers, who uh, got a bit lucky on the weekend against the Raiders in the trial game. They did well to get away with that one by about 40 points, <laughs> but that's right. Trials mean nothing. We know that. Their draw to start the season, Titans at home, Knights at home, Bulldogs away, Storm away, Broncos away. Seven out of ten rating for me. Once again, ten being the easiest. So it's a really good draw to start the season. 
Spy again. I think we've spoken about Adam Dewey uh, in spades, and I think we're all pretty keen on him. He's locked into my team. The big factor with Dewey, among obviously he's playing a vastly superior team, we hope, at least on paper to last season. NRL physio drops it all the time, but two years back from an ACL injury, there is a history of, of significantly enhanced supercoach scoring. So all in on Adam Dewey, what about the rest of the back line, mate? Because... A bit like Parramatta's outside backs, there's still question marks on who gets named round one. Tommy Talia's the one on everyone's lips. Junior Tupu was really good on the weekend. Ken Mamalo got injured and he's out for a while. So Tupu and Talia are potential cheapies for round one. Yeah, I'm a little bit excited about the Tigers' prospects. They've sort of they've been okay in attack for a few years now. Defence has been their biggest issue. So super coach wise, they've still been semi relevant, but you know, they're really good on the weekend. I know it's just a trial, but it's an exciting period for in terms of They've got some experience now and some class to add to some some young players who are pretty good. I think the blend could be nice. In terms of that back line, if I go through it there, they're nearly all candidates. Junior Tupo is a really good young player. If he gets the left wing spot, I haven't checked his price, but I think he'll be a nice mm-hmm. potential lock-in. I had Kenny Mamalo, but he lasted like five minutes on the weekend. So after last year's knee concerns, I couldn't put him in again for the rest of the year now, I don't think. I actually had him as my left winger. I couldn't do it. If that's carried over to this season, I'm not taking him. Um, Junior Tupo did a lot of his damage in New South Wales Cup last year, I believe. 334k um, Tupu. <coughs> Awkward price for job security. It is a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, because if Kenny comes back around too, probably hard to take him. Mm. You probably prefer Talia on that right edge. The other one worth noting is Brett Naden. Prost a 33 average. How good does Brent Naden look? Yeah, he's always oh, boys, had... Boys, boys, boys. He's always had talent. Doggies let go for future Dalian winning centre. This is not me speaking as a Bulldogs ball man, but, but you can't have Brent Naden. Can I, I talk to you... Watch last year's replays can I talk to you as a numbers man, not a rugby oh, league man? Oh, he's based on 33 average, he's priced that, and he's averaged 50 consecutively in the past. He's cheap. That's a 17-point yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be watching on from the outside. Ads will speak to you. How about you, Spy, talking to an actuary <laughs> over here about numbers? <laughs> can I tell you a thing about numbers and stats? Come at me, mate. Right, you can have Come a go. It's not a bad effort. Hey, <laughs> I don't... I, I <laughs> have, are you a Tigers fan, mate? Yeah, I'm a bit of a, a snaky Tigers, Tigers fan, fan yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> tough, tough time. Uh, Stefano Udakamanu adds 319k. Average 33 minutes last season for a score. Average of 30 points. That was real injury affected. Yeah. The year before, in one of essentially his rookie year, I mean, he played a few games the year before, but 45 minutes per game for 52 average, upside, looked good in the trials, skipped them in round, uh, the first trial, busted tackles, scored a try. He looks a lock and load for me. Yeah, no-brainer. I, I started with him last year, I think, because he was so good the year before. I and think then, I did And too. then the injuries hurt him, but yeah. he's just got such a super coach-friendly game as well. He scores tries. He's just, I think if he's, if he's known in that starting side, he's... Close to a um, no-brainer as it gets, I reckon. I think there's some minor concern around the minutes, just given how stacked they are in the pack. But he's a young, like, really good footballer. He's named captain, I think, in the trials even. So they obviously got big raps on him. I just said, running off Appy close to the line, he loves a, loves a four-pointer. Mm. Big meat pie. So you get him in. Even I'd be a little bit concerned. I initially had him starting in my side. Um, that might make me a little bit nervous if you've got no depth in the front row on your bench. I think he might be a better plug on your bench, potentially. Mm, Just if he comes out and plays 38, 40 minutes, you he might He could average 35, 40 and be... Yeah. Which won't kill you, but yeah. I get it. <clears throat> if you're playing him and you're, if you're forced to play him in your 17, it could mm. be a small risk Let's go back and look at the way he ended 2021. He went nuts. He Dominant. was going nuts. Because like, Timmy Moody, remember, who, who won, mm. 
he had him in his side and he kept him there. And all the teams chasing him at Payne Haas. And I remember thinking, oh, that's a big risk for him. He's got Stefano oh. and all these other teams. And he was outscoring Haas every week. He was just <laughs> killing it. I Stefano. remember thinking, oh, what a crazy pair that he's outscoring Payne Haas. So at that point, Gun. was like the premium front rower. So yeah. even if he played 40 minutes I'd, at that price, I know what you mean whether you bench him or start him, but he's in my side. Whether he starts or not, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. in the and just the other Tigers fella, Adolfo you know what he's done in the past. If the vibe around Concord and Leichhardt and Campbelltown is as good as it's made out to be, and he's fired up and gets back to running 20, 25 times a game on the end of an, an improved uh, forward pack and back line, he could be in for a massive season. I feel like maybe it's just a wait and see, though. Because um, he, his base dropped to th- 24 <coughs> last year, and the staple of his supercoach scoring, he's one of the all-time great CT dubs <coughs> in supercoach, has been that 35-plus base at his best. Yeah. You just want to see it first, don't you? Because he really fell off. The thing about it, he fell off the face of the earth last season, Supercoach-wise, and he still averaged about 55. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Dewey fit and healthy, loves the cutout ball. Does love it. I am tempted to start with him round one. I'm just not sure. 58 he averaged two. last season, and we're like, he was, yeah. you know, quiet. 2020 for the Tigers, who they weren't going all that great, though their attack was okay. Yeah. He averaged 76. And that wasn't <laughs> even the that that one off twenty twenty one record breaking season. He did it before the year then. before. So yeah. COVID when they hadn't trained. We'll have a look. Uh, have a look next week and see if we can fit him in. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, and adds, uh, can you get your opinion? Desi Creek, he, he Desi put his uh, team reveal on website today. There was no Isaiah Papali'i because he's all talk that bloke. You know what? I won't even say that, Desi. He bucks up some of his road chat. I'll, I'll give that to him. He'll do it. He, he will do it. <laughs> and if you tell him he's a coward and he, he's, he's backtracking, well, he'll just he'll do, go it and more. do it to piss you off. Yeah, yeah. to make his point. <laughs> Isaiah Papali'i, his argument was uh, I assume when you were sitting there at the Super Bowl, you had SC Playbook plugged into you and you're on top of Desi's uh, insights. But I, have, I have heard it, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Desi was sort of under the impression that. You know, we said all this last year, you can't do it again, he won't hurt you, and he did, and we were all wrong. He's tempted by him. Can you make a case? Uh, I think I'm more with you, mate. I think uh, the guy's a gun, like, he's a great player, but I, at that price, I just think there's too much uncertainty there. He's now running off the Tigers' halves rather mm. than most and Brown. Like, I, I, no, I can't make a case at that price, but I know what Des is saying, like, we're all going to end up with him because he's the top yeah. second row forward and he's going to be the same. I, I just think at that price, he can wait. And then see whether it's true or not. And, and I don't think it's going to hurt you not having him because I don't think many teams are going to mm. start with him. And I think there are some other gun second rowers. There's actually quite a few. Yeah. Well, we haven't talked about a guy like David Fafita. Yeah. David Fafita's got just as much upside or more than. than uh, far, far league, cheaper, yeah. Just quickly on that, da- just while you mentioned David Fafita, he ran a few sweet lines on the weekend in the trial. Massive. The kick-out sweep. Yep. Which leads to a lot of points. Yeah, you got to try tip, assist tips on for a try assist or he gets a one-on-one with the centre and they are no chance. So, love to see it. I really didn't see that Did they actually pass him the ball? Not heaps. Yeah. But when they did, it was in good positions. Got more than his four uh, touches. And in fairness, yeah. they scored four tries in the first about ten minutes down yeah. the left. So, they didn't really have much chance. But that was a big, big note of mine. Justin Holbrook finally coming <laughs> to the fore and tailoring Fifi's game around Supercoach, which is it's all we've asked for for a few years. It's only a small ask, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, uh, the other thing with Papali'i, not available at front row forward this season. Yeah, that was the, the massive factor in He it. was yeah. the must front row forward last yeah. year because he was just so much better than everyone else. But I was just thinking second row. Like there's, other, like there's guys like Cam Murray who are arguably just as strong, if not stronger. Yeah. 
and probably more certainly about their role than Papalihi has. Way so, more so. chance of picking up Papalihi 100k cheaper than any of the other yeah. boys. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Uh, the Cronulla Sharks, the last of our previews, start the season with games against the Rabbitohs at home, Eels away, Raiders away, very tough first three rounds, especially that Raiders game. Oh, Dragons away, Warriors at home. It's a, it's a funny little one. So by, uh, Shedra rating for me, 6 out of 10. So it's not too bad. It's not too bad. They looked hot in the trials. Uh, it's a funny one around Nico Hines because you think, oh, I'll start without him those first three tough games, but then into the Dragons and Warriors, you think, oh, they're the games where... We know Nico only needs one game to, to pump out 180 and just, even if you start slow, one game to burn you. So if you don't start with him, well. when do you buy? Just on Nico, I've obviously spoken all pre-season about potentially avoiding him just due to the price and whatever and hoping for a drop there. As soon as Sean Lane went down, I had about 400 grand to play with. I'm like, oh, maybe I yeah. do put Nico in. Um, so I'm still, now that I've got that extra cash, and I've got bikes like Brimson, Sammy Walker. I could just as easily plug Nico straight in now and go Schuster to 5.8. So we'll find out next week what I do. I probably won't decide that till about one minute before kickoff in the Sharks game. Do my best work under pressure, Adzi. So. I've been running without him, like you, like you have. And then you watch that game. Again, I don't know if you guys saw the trial on Sunday, but yeah. the Sharks look good and he just looks so good. Like everything runs through him. He I just feel looked, like even more, like last year. even so more than last year. I so thought good. he swung left a lot. Yeah. Um, he played second receiver outside Moylan. I feel like it was even more than last year. Yeah, I just um, feel like he's matchup proof almost. Like, like I don't know. Yeah. I, he could be like the Papalihi <laughs> argument from Des. Like yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna want him, and he could hurt you not having him. Are we are we mad not starting him? I don't know. He's, oh, it's just so yeah. expensive. I, is it? <laughs> is it again? Are we overthinking it? It's like, I'm with you. He was in my first draft for the season. And then he hasn't been in it since because I'm like, I think, oh, you know, at 900K and he has to average 85 to 90 to even hold value. And you think, oh, you want to be building value early season. But also if he does hold value at 90, a 90 average, that's a bloody good score. Massive. And he can build he elsewhere. He could be a pod captain option against yeah. the Dragons because other yeah. people are all holding off waiting to get him later. And you captain him against the Dragons, he could go berserk. I, you know, my, you're going to have to keep looking. And yeah, my issue is... And here's what I might even do, thinking out loud. Cleary, Cleary's going nowhere. There's chat of like, you know, Cleary didn't look great. Penrith didn't look great on the weekend. Uh, the Sharks have looked fantastic. Nico's brilliant in his two trials. But Nick, Cleary's going nowhere for me. Cheese isn't going anywhere. And I'd almost feel bad after just spruiking Harry Grant all pre-season if, mm. I, if I dropped him. And I don't want to. So I'd have to be Tanner Boyd, which I'm not filthy on, but... If I make that money, that room for Nico Hines, avoid Tanner Boyd, and then let's say Nico starts slow the first few rounds, he'll supposed to be able to drop cash, him to Tanner, or whoever it might be, Sammy Walker, whoever, and then that is all your cash for all your trades the next round three, four, five. But then you go without Nico for how long? Ages. Oh, we don't really want to do that once the drive opens up. But no, that, just, just say Nico has two slow games against that tough opposition. And then the soft do games come up. Are you really going to do it? You know what? Just when he's about to play the dragon. Don't do that, that to yourself purely for the torture of yeah, trying to make those yourself. decisions. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think either, either buy him and stick. <clears throat> just on Harry versus Nico, I'm team Nico by a long way, to be honest, given how Melbourne's going. I don't know if you saw the game on the weekend. Their mm. go forward wasn't great. Uh, I didn't see the second half. I think Harry made a line break, but... I think it's just going to be a tough grind for Melbourne this year, and Sharks could just Sharks were good. There's some sharks, damage. And he's a goal kicker for the Sharks. Jeez, Everything runs through him. Like, yeah. How fun would he be to own those first few hours oh. knowing he's at 15, 20%? Yeah. 
I think I'm convinced now. I've just got to make it yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Now I've got to find 800 k. <coughs> so it's easy for you because you've got Daniel Tupo. That's such an obvious cut from your side. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, we've got our numbers, man, here. How many weeks have you had that bullet in the barrel for, mate? Every time you say You've been waiting for your chance there. Yeah, um, yeah. Just let's run some numbers real quickly. For me, yeah, it's yeah. as simple as going... I want Nico anyway for that Saints game, and I know how I'm going to get him from Sammy Walker. Yeah. So do I go Sammy Walker and Brimson, or do I go Nico and a lower-paced player in my 17? It probably works out that Brimson and Sammy Walker have the upside and potential cash generation. That's still where I'm at, I think. Yeah. And so what, what round are you going to bring your Nico in? So he's round four versus Saints, which is That's Sammy, which Saints is Sammy Walker's buy. So yeah, it works okay. out beautifully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's nice. I like that. Mm. And now I've heard you spruiking that one, and yeah. I do like it because the, the Roosters draw, and it's costing a trade, but it's costing a trade for like points. It could be worth a lot. Yeah. Just on add a topic to next week. Roosters starts over the last few years. They still worry me a little bit. Yeah. Come and do a question on that shortly, Spy. Good to see you've done your research for the show today, mate. But <laughs> um, the Dolphins might be a different round one opponent than I, uh, previous opponents. That's it, well. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Big decisions around Nico Hines. Really, really big decisions. Uh, before we let you go, Ads, you've got to take off backline players there. Muli Talo and Katoa love a, love a good old-fashioned edge switch. So Muli Talo, who played predominantly on the right last year, I believe, went to the left for the trial on the weekend. Katoa on the right. Now, I know Muli Talo scored a double, but one was off a kick. I can't remember how he scored the other one. I prefer the right edge winger at the Sharks, and I think they've scored significantly better over the past, well, they did last season, because Nico Hines predominantly on that right edge, and it's just a good place to be. I get the feeling this year the Sharks, that might even out a little bit, um, but I still don't know if I'd want to... Maybe you could start with them. I'd still go Mulatalo if going anyone. My problem yeah. with talking about all these back row, mid, mid-tier options, so many to, to take an option from... The Sharks' back line. Katoa, Talakai, Ramian, Molly yeah. Talo, Kennedy to a lesser degree. And then you've got Nico and they're like, any one of them could start off averaging 90 or 30. Like, yeah, <laughs> which, which one is it? Well, yeah. and it comes down to when I own them. Because Molly Talo, when I brought him in last year, went from champion to chump. <laughs> and Talakai, I've just got, I am, I mean, you know, I'm cursed with Talakai. And he looked good on the weekend. Like yeah. he looked, I, oh. I know you guys have been talking about him and I was thinking, oh, yeah. there's no way I'm going to get sucked into Talakai. Never <laughs> happening. And then I watched him, I'm like, man, he, he played well. He, he Off-season of sharpening up the skills. Yeah, he just, he just looked... He just running that shape. Just every time he ran. Yeah. He wasn't running at Morgan Harper like that. Teague, one game either. So we've spruiked how good he is when Teague Wilton's in the side. We spoke yeah. about it again about the structure change. I might have said this in a previous episode, it doesn't matter. Five games where Teague Wilton played 80 minutes last season, Talakai averaged 100 points per game. I know it's a small sample size, but... There's method to the madness. Uh, again, not not one I'll start with, but oh, you just you, I like him. Yeah, I'm not starting with him either, yeah. just because I yeah you got to you got to um, <coughs> spend your money where you positions you wanted. But if someone wanted to start with Talakai, I you couldn't say it's a ridiculous move. Like the way he's playing, he could he could be an awesome POD if that's the way you wanted to go. Yeah, excellent. That's what I'm going to do. But yeah, yeah he's, he looked good. Uh, regarding any bench for like cheapies there, Royce Hunt, he copped a, uh, an injury, I believe, during, 
before the trial on the weekend. So question marks around him. I think that they're going to go with a four-forward bench and Connor Tracy might miss out because there's so much versatility across their entire side. It, it, it affords them the luxury of picking four forwards. So I have question marks over their entire pack. Let's wait for that round one team, but I suspect they'll probably all be avoids. Uh, Ads, you have got the Bulldog season launch to go to, mate. I do. So we'll love you and leave you. After you, that Tupu jab, you'll, uh, good to have you for the season. We'll see you in 2024. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. And have a look at Tupu. I think there's opportunities there to... The problem with Tupu is I was looking at cutting him anyway to free out money elsewhere, but now if I do it, though, everyone's just like, oh, you're just following DeRussi and he's back and you're following his advice. No, that's okay. no, now you can't. I won't, I won't now I that. can't. <laughs> no, you can't. You can. Yeah. But you're better to... Yeah, anyway. and if he scares five against don't get the me wrong, Dolphins, he's a, he's a great super coach player. Like I don't, I'm not questioning that. Like he's a great and he's consistent, and all that sort of stuff. I just, I just think with all these other players we're talking about, you know, so he plays much. the Dolphins round one though. Yeah, no, he does. <laughs> he does. Could, could get four or five. Yeah, I've, just, I've never been an owner, so I'm, yeah. I, maybe I haven't experienced that joy. I like owning have. him. It's quite. Yeah. Well, he's, I feel safe. Now we're getting into him. He, he does have a good base. I, I don't get me wrong. I think he's a great player. I'm just surprised you're going with him in your starting side, but Mate, now you're locked in. One thing I thought I'd never say, <laughs> Greg, Greg Marzu made his name into my, his way into my school for, for all of about 15 seconds over the weekend, and then I thought, no, don't do it, don't I do it. I can't do it. You got sucked in. Uh, uh, he, it wasn't he three years ago. It was meant, uh, been uh, just outside Caelan Ponga. He still could be all right, don't you get me wrong. All right, uh, I've got to run on the Cheers, uh, cheers Azzy. Enjoy, Thank mate. You, mate. Thanks, guys. Guys, better. We're excited to link up with better for the 2023 footy season. Each round of the season, we'll be producing exclusive SC Playbook special markets of our own. This week, uh, I mean, I just spoke about the Dolphins and I'm not real keen on them. We're going to put a market together that is going against them early in the season or across the entire season. That market will put up across our socials and in our articles at some point, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, there will be a link to that market there to make it easy for you. Of course, for those aged 18 plus only, and please gamble responsibly. Spy, let's pump through a few questions to wrap up the show. And, mate, we're going to start with a question from Jordan Lees around... That left edge at the Newcastle Knights says we're, he says pretty keen on one of the Knights' wing centres. Maybe Bradman best gets ball from Ponga. What do you think? And I'm going to tie that into the entire left edge. Marzu, we've probably chatted about Ponga. Actually, you can add Ponga into it because I didn't. We suspect he won't be kicking goals, and I just want to. He's such a big talking point. So, <laughs> Ponga left edge, super soft draw to start the season. Anyone? Uh, I actually don't hate Marzu. The reason is, I mean, A, he's capable of tries outside mm. KP, of course, but he's a tackle-busting machine. He busted like nine tackles yeah, in that. He had three line breaks, which he doesn't necessarily need space to do, and he runs a heap, so straight away he's got I a know. massive base there, plus try-scoring potential. Yeah, I don't hate starting with him. Like, I wish he was maybe somewhere in a more settled side with combinations, but if anyone's starting with him, I, I, I find it hard to knock that. I don't mind it. Des yeah. Creek. Desi, Desi Creek's got it. Of course he does. Yeah, don't hate it. Um... Pogner, I've spoken about, about before, that concussion risk is a little bit too much for me early. Yeah. I don't want to start with a three. He got hit high in the first minute on the yeah, weekend. And I was like, is he going to go off? He, he didn't. But yeah. Um, I do think he's, this could be wrong, but I feel like he more chance, or he's more chance to get knocked out at fullback. He's flying high a lot, landing on the ground awkwardly and all that sort of stuff. So I believe, mm. yeah, NRL Fisher <coughs> had stature on that, that maybe... I think 5'8 is the least concussion-prone position yeah. on the field, and I 
could be pulling that out of my woo-ha, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that... Because I read it and I sort of thought, oh, that surprised me. I thought fullback would be far less, but... Let's read up. I, I'm pretty yeah. pretty sure that was the, the start. Um, I feel like he's less less prone, potentially. Talk about frontline defence, but that's right. Technically, with tackling, you're in control of that a little bit yeah. more than, like, catching a high wall with blokes flying at you. Uh, so, look... I love, I really love KP. Many have loved him. I'll tell you, tell you what I'll, I'll tell you it is just burning in the back of my <laughs> head. I'm sitting here talking about these mid-range back rollers who have upside and should make cash at around 430 to 450k. For less than 100k, one of those mid-range back rollers could be Caelan Ponga. Yeah. And I look at that, I'm like, am I overthinking this? He fits straight into my bill of let's just see how he's looking if he's killing it in a couple of weeks. Easy bring in. Really easy bring in. Because that's the one. It's like... If, if I do go Schuster to 5'8", then it, it's probably to make way for, like, Teague Wilton in the back row, which is fine. And then you go, all right, numbers, sure, it all looks fine. But Ponga v Teague Wilton, like, is that even a question? I don't know. See, I think I'd trust Teague more because I think he's more likely to punch out your solid 60 yeah. each week. Yeah. But I, I'll give you one more thing on Ponga. Hastings controls footy a lot yeah it's in his hands a lot maybe kp is going to do a lot more of the attacking stuff with ball in hand and hastings end sets which if at five eight you'd probably prefer ponga maybe to be a bit more dominant uh repeat sets maybe try assists off the boot that sort of stuff uh i'm still just not convinced on Ponga. he's not for me but at that price obviously i can understand the appeal yeah big watch for yeah the I'm very glad. I don't think I will at this stage. And the goal kicking is is the big factor for me. So it's huge. Yeah, uh, Marju as well. I <coughs> job security. He, yeah, the, the bloke does not have. I'm going to call a spade a spade. A good defensive read on yep. him. He may have worked on that over the off season and sorted out a few issues. Issues. He was at the Titans that for years have been a really poor defensive side. He was on the end of it. I know you had a gripe on Twitter the other day about you know wingers okay. copying some blame for you know poor reads. Maybe he was not helped by the system he's in up there and he can rectify that at the Knights. I hope he does. Yeah, Greg be, Marge be is a bloke. We all want to see yeah. the man of first grade spot. Super coach wise, I think there's job security. Just issues. quickly, I think Brabham Besh was mentioned as well, maybe, but yeah. he's left edge. Um, I think he's rock solid, but I don't know if he's got that crazy upside that I'd want in my centre wing. Not for me. <clears throat> Speaking of blokes who can find injuries. <clears throat> oh, and injury prone, yeah. yeah. Too many muscles on him. Yeah. Sport from the couch. Now, here's a good question. It was, is the rooster's clunkiness during trials good enough reason to go from Teddy to Drinky? Now, we're both on Teddy, but my general... Uh, well, the reason I brought that up was to say the rooster's not overly impressive on the weekend. You mentioned before they have a tendency to start slow. I believe they were 0 from 2 last season. <laughs> Has that impacted your thoughts on any of the rooster's players? must admit, watching them, I, f- I was a little bit hesitant in terms of do I load up on roosters? Mm. Plus, they've got that round four bye. Um, they were missing Kiri, Sammy Walker, Manu. Like, there's some talent to come back in there. So, it might not matter. But I think I'll give my job for next week is to have a bit of a deep dive into maybe last three or four years under Robbo to see how they've started in attack. That's all I care mm. about is attack um, and see where we can go. But in terms of drinking to Teddy, no. I think start with Teddy still. Yeah. Especially given that buy in round four. If Drinky's killing it, flip to him then. I think it's fine to do that. And I just think... I've Played around with maybe dropping Teddy just to see the other options, but he could just as easily score 160 week one and blow you off the park. I'm less concerned that Drinky would do that to me. So highly owned as well, Teddy. You don't want to start on the back foot. Darren McNamara, <coughs> Remus Smith or Isaac Thompson? Uh, and the reason I brought this one, job security looking like the only positive for Remus Smith. Sometimes 
you can be so set and forget in your teams and that you, you know, we talk about overthinking it, maybe you underthink it. And Remus Smith is a bloke who I've plugged at the price in my team since as soon as Supercoach opened. There are signs to say that maybe he's just not a super coach player, even at the price, and you think attacking stats will come. <clears throat> you know, he wasn't great in the trial on the weekend, coming back from a lengthy injury. Uh, where do you... I mean, firstly, Remus or Isaac Thompson, bunnies with that real tough draw to start. But, yeah, where do you sit on Remus in particular? Well, I'm Thompson over Remus by a long way, mm. just personally. I just think he's got that bigger upside in terms of playing outside the trail, multiple tries... Hopefully a big work rate coming out of trouble there with Alex Johnson on the trail at the back. He'll, if he's playing, he's got to do some running. Plenty of it. Um, Remus, I'm just, I think I mentioned in my first potty of the year, but it's not sold on him. I just think yeah. maybe he plugs away for a good 35, 40 average. I just don't know where he goes from there. Uh, I could be wrong. I've seen him play some good footy before at, um, in his younger years, but yeah, I'd want to see more of it before starting with him, I think. Yeah. I think there's better options. I think I'll have both <coughs> round one, but I'm... Yeah, I, I can see the argument in start, certainly starting without Remus. Uh, there's one who came to, to the four on the weekend. Dylan Curran. Dylan Curran didn't come to the four. Thoughts on Jackson Ford at the Warriors. Looked really good on the edge and priced under 300k. Speaking of Currans, has he jumped, jumped uh, Josh Curran for that starting edge spot? Because yeah. I, I, I'm going to say no and I want to see it first because <clears throat> he's cheap, but... There are so many forwards at the Warriors. I mentioned before about how I think Barnett could spend time on the edge. Neil Cora's probably an 80-minute man or, you know, 60 to 80. They have a lot of options. I just don't know if Ford's going to have the minutes there or the job security. Yeah, but it could be awesome. It could be um, awesome. I, I'm not starting with any Warriors, I don't think. I just want to watch and just, just see how they go, see how roles play out. Um, that's just my short answer. I d- we just there's too much instability there in terms of who's going to play what each week. So yeah. it's a no for me. But close watch could be could be a master master stroke. And Spider wrap it up <coughs> one from Owen Lawrence. Are we sleeping on Ben Murdoch Masilla as, as a sneaky cashy? Big unit played seventy odd on the weekend, and with the first pick in my draft. Oh, two questions. That's uh, right. We'll go part two with the first pick in my draft. Do I take Hines or Cleary? Um, oh, Cleary, definitely. I Cleary think. every day of yeah. the week. Part one for Ben Murdoch Masilla starts the season very cheap. Did look good in the trials. Uh, yeah, he's in my side right now. He is. Based on that, um, we'll see how team lists look and that bench force. 234k. So cheap. Issue is <coughs> Dragons don't play round one. Yep. Jack Bird will come back in on the edge. Him and Jaden Sua will be the edges. I don't know if Ben Murdoch Masilla will get the minutes. That being said, if he's turned a few heads in preseason, you know, impressed in trials, maybe he's won minutes at that side. Yeah, I forgot about the round one by which means he won't be in my side to start. But it's that tough, would mean come round four pre-price change, you can plug him in if he's I locked think down so. a roll. Yeah, I think that's the play. Spy, let's wrap that up for this week. Next time we're sitting at this desk. Next time you're sitting at this desk. The teams will have dropped for round one. Christmas Day for super coaches. What a moment. What an absolute moment. Uh, fired up for that one. Big week ahead. Looking forward to it. See you next Tuesday for an absolute blockbuster. Oh, cheers, mate. Huge cheers. Thanks for tuning in, guys.